Tell him what you 
go ahead and change the order of our service now. Let's sing that song, uh, Many Things About Tomorrow. I don't understand. I think it's Sankey. So many things about continue also to remember dad and mom. Uh, Dad's had kind of a rough week, but he's still pushing forward, still uh, staying strong, and so just remember him and also remember uh, my mom as well, that uh, the Lord will keep providing her strength to help him out each day and support him through everything that's going on. Uh, That's all the prayer requests that I have written down that I know about that was given to me. So if you would uh, just stand at this time, and Brother David, if you would come and pray over these prayer requests. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you, dear Lord. Just thank you for this opportunity to come into your house, dear Lord. 
just ask you to forgive us of any shortcomings and failures that are in our lives, dear Lord, any thought, any deed that we have done. We just ask you to put it under the blood of your sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, dear Lord. Just come humbly before you, dear Lord, bringing these needs, these afflictions of the, of the body, dear Lord, the body that you created. We just ask you to grant healing to each of their bodies, dear Lord. We just are binding our faith with those reaching out that you'll restore them fully, dear Lord, to be among us, to be with us, to worship you. We grant you all the glory, dear Lord, for the surgeries and the doctors' procedures, dear Lord, that you foreordained for these believers to go through. We just ask you to restore them up. Just ask this evening, dear Lord, as your word comes forth, that it falls on good ground in our hearts, dear Lord, that we leave changed. Just ask you to be with our pastor as he's not here, dear Lord. Just give him, renew his strength and vigor for the fight rages on each one of the believers, dear Lord. Just give you all the praise and glory for tonight. We ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. seats. Let's pull up the song Cover Me. I got permission to sing this one from the choir director, so <laughs> it's an ongoing joke, so let's just sing this. We'll take a few minutes here just to sing some, just a little bit of worship uh, before the minister comes tonight. So peace of God, cover me. Let the peace that passes all I 
Yeah. 
ushers would come forward at this time, we'll take up our tithes and offering. Amen. Brother Mike, if you would pray. back in the house of the Lord, and uh, good to see all of your smiling faces. Uh, appreciate uh, everybody coming out tonight on a Wednesday night. I know it's hard. I was just uh, racing up from uh, Charlotte, and um, we were delayed coming in because of weather coming out of uh, Atlanta and making my way up through and working our way through the traffic, you know, coming out of Charlotte there. So you folks that are here from Charlotte tonight, God bless you. I appreciate you. Uh, making the effort. You folks that are from out west there in Shingle Hollow, God bless you. I appreciate you making the journey. You folks that are from the north, God bless you as you made your way down. You folks that are from the east, may God bless you. I appreciate it. On Wednesday night, I know it's a struggle, you know, to to make it uh, make it there. I just want to say this uh, that uh, I appreciate the overwhelming response that I got uh, after Sunday, and uh, we set the bar pretty high for church dinners, uh, for sure, on Sunday. Our, our, our lives, our church will never be the same again, that's for sure. 
it was tremendous and we appreciated everybody's help and uh, everything that went into it. It was really, really wonderful. My greatest regret, though, is that I never knew there were Nanaimo bars until after it was over. Hello. And, uh, but there was some, there was, it was just a wonderful time of fellowship and we, um, we appreciated everybody's contribution there for sure. Um, Brother Sam put in a prayer request today, and I'm going to leave the details of that until the weekend, if that's all right. But Brother Sam's going to be going for some tests uh, on his stomach and uh, gastrointestinal tract, and uh, we just trust that the Lord will undertake for him and um, give him that relief uh, that he seeks. And also, uh, I, I, I didn't hear the first of the prayer requests, but uh, for Brother Troy, he's having to do blood transfusions. Did you mention that uh, tonight? Brother Troy Hughes is in hospital, and uh, he went in this morning, and, and they admitted him. Uh, they're giving him a blood transfusion. They're going to have to go in and fix a bleeding ulcer tomorrow morning. And uh, so we sure do want to hold up our, our brother Troy. And uh, he suffered with that for a long time, so hopefully they're going to get in tomorrow and, and uh, heal that up. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, we should be praying for him, especially in the morning. I think it's good for us to pray because we, I believe that God answers prayer. We mentioned Brother Ron Spencer last week and had him on the prayer list, and he's seeing a cancer specialist for his eye, and they feared that he had cancer in his eye. And yesterday he got the report there was no cancer uh, at all in his eye. He had some small lesions there, but when they examined them, there was no cancer evident at all. And so he was very uh, excited about that. He got, uh, he got happy, uh, left the room, and came back in the room, and he said, Doc, I want you to tell me again. Just tell me exactly what you told me before. Tell me again. And uh, no cancer there in his eyes. So he's, he's pretty happy at that. But you continue to pray for him. Let's sing that uh, chorus again. Uh, we were just singing, and then we're going to invite our brother Diggs to come. Brother Diggs uh, needs no introduction among us, and so we're just going to let him have his way tonight. And uh, let's sing the chorus. You alone are my strength, my shield. Sing it out now tonight. <clears throat> you my strength, my shield, you alone. Alone. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. You know, it's kind of nasty outside in certain places. But thank God for revelation. So, you know, I'm driving up the road. It's pouring down, raining, and people are hitting the brakes and got the lights on. And it's, it's daytime, but it's dark. And while I'm riding through that, I'm thinking, but the sun is still shining. <laughs> you know, so we thank God for just being God, no matter what we're going through, the sun in our lives is still shining. Amen. Um, let's just have a word of prayer. Amen. And we'll get into the word of God. Certainly we appreciate Brother Barry. Amen. Allowing us to come. Man, glad the Lord gave him safe travels also. Let's just pray. If you have an unspoken request, acknowledge the Lord by opening the hand. How many needs prayer? 
we all got things that we're praying for. Amen. Let's go before him. Lord Jesus, Father, we stand here tonight as a needy people, Lord, and, and no doubt, Lord, there are prayers going up all over the world. And Lord, we lift our hands also, Lord, that there's a need, there's a desire. There's something going on, Father, that we need your help, Father. For some, it, it, it may be a healing, Lord. For some, it may be something spiritual, Lord. For some, it may be just a, a natural financial blessing, Lord. And, and Father, some, it may be an increase of your presence, Lord. Whatever it may be, Lord, we just pray that you would touch it, Lord. Lord, and help us not to desire or want anything that's not of your perfect will. Lord, let us be submissive in all things, Lord. And we pray that you just bless this church, Lord. And, and Lord, and all that they endeavor to do, Lord, bless the, the ministry and the governments of the church, Lord. And Father, all those that are affiliated with it, Lord God. And we just pray that your spirit will have total preeminence in this place tonight, Lord. Forgive us for anything, Lord God, that doesn't reflect you, Lord. And we pray that through your word you purge it out of us, Lord, in your sanctified blood. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to um, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Familiar verse of scripture. Let's start at uh, verse 14 just to make the reading short. Romans 8 and 14, if you have it, say amen. The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, somebody say amen, amen. that we may be also glorified together. Amen. I truly believe that we're in a time where God is testing us through our suffering. But there's, there's, there's a, uh, you know, a saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Amen. But I think God wants us to uh, have the proper and right attitude as we're going through things. Amen. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians. Chapter 4 and verse 1. Galatians 4 and 1. The Bible says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differ nothing from an heir, from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, when we were children, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth a son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. May the Lord bless reading of his word. You can have your seats. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, as I said um, a few seconds ago, you know, uh, every, every, I don't know about you guys, but every way you turn around, somebody's sick or something's happening, it seems like it's more and more intense. You know, but that doesn't take, take away from the promises of God. You know, and that the promises of God, they remain true and he remains faithful. Hallelujah. You know, and, and even in my own life, I could see that, you know, uh, 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 things are more and more intense. But I believe God wants our faith to get to a place to where we're manifesting perfect faith. Amen. And the way we get there is through trials and tribulations. You know, but tonight, by the grace of God, my subject is spiritual placement, spiritual placement. And as you see, I, I, I read some scriptures concerning the adoption. And, you know, uh, uh, one thing I, I want to, to talk about tonight is that position and placement is very important in the body of Christ. You know, even the church we go to, our position, our placement is very important. But, you know, a lot of times we just come because we, we, we appreciate the ministry or we appreciate the word. But there's a placement of, for you in the body of Christ. You know, there's something that you and you only God has ordained to do. Amen. And, you know, it behooveth us to find out if I'm solely in my place, if I'm in my position as a believer. Hallelujah. You know, and, and a lot of times people think that their position is, oh, am I a preacher? Or I'm a singer. I'm a this. I'm a that. No, just find out what God wants you to be. Amen. Maybe God just wants you to be a faithful wife or faithful husband or an honest son and daughter of God or, or, or somebody that when they see you, you just make them smile. Hallelujah. You may think those things are very insignificant. I remember a sister that used to go to our church. She's going to be home with the Lord. But we believe that uh, uh, her whole purpose for being with us was just to put a smile on our face. Her name was Sister Judy. And whenever you saw Sister Judy, Sister Judy had a smile on her face. Now, at a young age, now, now this, this smile meant something. At a young age, she, she was born with uh, uh, polio. We familiar with that? She was born with polio, so she, she had braces on her legs. She had an aneurysm, uh, which God delivered her from that. One time she broke this arm and then she broke the other arm. But every time you saw Sister Judy, she had a smile on her face. And you couldn't help but smile back. Hallelujah. See, I believe that that was just a part of her ministry, who she was. That when you look at her and you knew her testimony and, and all the things that she went through, God placed her in our church just to give us a smile. And it may seem insignificant. I remember one time when she, when she fell and she broke her arm, when the ambulance came to get her, she was smiling. <laughs> and the, and the, I, I don't know the exact term of what you call a person uh, for the ambulance, but that particular person, when they were wrapping her up and, and saw the broke arm, they actually said, why are you smiling? I know that particular bone that broke, it, it hurts. Why are you smiling? She looked at him and she said, I can't help it. <laughs> and she just smiled. You know, that was a part 
of what God made her to be. And no trial, no tribulation, nothing could stop Sister Judy from smiling. Hallelujah. Church, we see her walk in church. She, 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 she had braces on her legs, so she would walk like this, walk like this. But as she was coming down the aisle, she was smiling. <laughs> I can remember coming to church one time. I was hot. You know how you come into church? Somebody and cut in front of you and all kind of things, and you get that spirit on you. You might as well say amen. Hallelujah. I had got that spirit on me that you don't challenge me. I'll I, I show you. I got 140 on the dash. You challenge me. So they zoom, zoom. I'm zoom, zoom. I got a spirit on me because I couldn't get by I got to church, and I'm all hot. Look at Sister Judy. She said, all my anger and everything, it just lifted. She was placed there. She was placed in the body of Christ to be an instrument of joy. Even though she had a lot of suffering. Hallelujah. And church, that's what we have to overcome. Hallelujah. We have to learn how to let God use us no matter what we're going through. Hallelujah. And you know, tonight, by the grace of God, if we look at the scriptures in Romans, hallelujah, it says, for as many as led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of fear again, hallelujah, ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Bondage brings fear, hallelujah. But then the Bible says, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, amen. And church, I believe that's where God is trying to get us to a place where we know and believe that we are adopted sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. What does it mean to be an adopted son, an adopted daughter of God? It deals with your placing, hallelujah. Now, let's just think about placing for a second. What if you came, do we believe placing is important? I ain't going to be long. Y'all know I'm about to close. But to show you how important placing is, what if you come back next Sunday, this Sunday coming? That's y'all next service, right? What if you come back Sunday in the pulpit is in the back back there. And Brother Barry gets up to preach and everybody's looking this way. We're going to think, what is he doing? That doesn't make sense. It's out of place. Although you can hear it, <laughs> you can follow along, but there's something about the placement of what's going on. Hallelujah. And you know, let's just take for instance, what if, hallelujah, the pulpit is up here, but all the chairs are just all kind of places. And we just come in and we sit like this, we sit like this, we sit like this, all kind of ways. It would seem like services is, 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 is out of control, that there's no order. Why? Because of the placement. Hallelujah. And most of you, you'd come in here and see that chaos and wouldn't even sit down because it doesn't look right. Now, let's think about God. And your life is in total chaos. And you want God, hallelujah, to do things in your life, and you are out of place. Whew. Oh, my. You're here, you're in church, but you're in the wrong place. Hallelujah. Spiritually now, amen. And you know, church, as I think about placement, I think about so many different things. Hallelujah. You know, the eye can't be where the ears are. Hallelujah. If my eyes were right here, I'd be walking like this. 
Why? Because they were placement here to make my body go forward. Amen. Placement is very important. God put everything in a proper place so it could function right. And I'm taking these natural things so you can see how important your spiritual placement is. And you know, uh, you know, this might seem comical, but at the same time, I want you to see how ridiculous it is when things are out of place. What if my mouth was where my ear is? I'd be eating like this. And I, I like to give these examples so you can, you, can, you can follow me along and you can see that placing and position is very important. Hallelujah. And you know, God, hallelujah, he runs his kingdom the same way. He wants every one of us in place. And you think about how much powerful the church is when everybody's in place. The quarterback can't be the running back. Somebody has to be there to get the ball. But if that ain't your place, you don't need to be there. You can mess up the whole play. Whew, oh, my. Even though you might be more gifted, more talented. Hallelujah. But is that your place? Hallelujah. Some of you right now, hallelujah, you might know more scripture than me. You might know more message than me. But what we're dealing with is the calling and the placing of God. And out of place, you will spiritually die. So it's very important to be in place. And we know that the Bible says that. Let's read it. Because I don't want to mess it up. I want us to get it. Galatians, Galatians 4. The Bible says, Now I say that an heir, we believe that we're heirs. If I'm going to just stop right there for a second, an heir. An heir is a person who inherits something from somebody else. Hallelujah. And normally, an heir, you don't have to work or do anything to get that. It's because of how that person thinks about you. Hallelujah. We look at uh, what we call a will or a trust. Hallelujah. We put people's name in there who we want to receive what we have. Hallelujah. That's considered to be an heir. And, you know, it's something that's passed down to you, amen, by grace. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Most of us, we want the money. <laughs> hallelujah. But there are so many other things that can be passed down from a loved one that will give you memories to cherish. In air, look at it. He says, in air, as long as he is a child, suffereth, I mean, different, nothing from a servant. My. As long as that heir acts like a child, it don't mean anything. Though he be Lord of all. See, there's a difference from just being a son and daughter from an adopted son and daughter. See, a son and daughter, hallelujah. Let's keep going. Everybody all right? Say, but it's under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. So we know how the prophet talked about this. He said he take that son and he puts, him, puts his life in the hands of somebody he trusts. Not only does he trust this person, but this person knows exactly what the father is expecting of him. He can't teach this child anything that the father hasn't told him. 
He can't teach this child. He can't take this child no way that the father doesn't approve of. Hallelujah. He can't put anything in this child's ear that the father doesn't approve of. So every instruction the tutor is getting is coming from the father. Hallelujah. And church, let's realize something. The fivefold ministry is our tutors. And then what is it doing? It's getting us fit, hallelujah, to take over the throne. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. One way the prophet God said, what is God's dress? He said it's the fivefold ministry, hallelujah. But you take those tutors and governors, and that child will sit under that tutor, and the father keeps coming back and saying, what do you think? And the report is not good. That child will have to continue to stay in class. And learn and learn. And what I want you to understand, he's not learning of that tutor. He's learning of that father. Because <laughs> it's just like Abraham. Hallelujah. You take, uh, I'm going to get into this by the grace of God. You take, hallelujah, Eliezer. Eliezer had a commission to go find Isaac a wife. Amen. That was his commission. Hallelujah. But when we look at Eliezer, his whole commission, he had gifts and gold and all these things. Where did it come from? Abraham. <laughs> hallelujah. The gifts that he gave, hallelujah, it came from Abraham. The words that he spoke, it came from Abraham. The desire to find Isaac a wife came from Abraham. Hallelujah. So him in his position, everything he was doing was what? To please the father Abraham. Whew. Oh my. In church, when we look at the types, hallelujah. God, the father, hallelujah. And then you got a type of that was Abraham. Then you got Eliezer, a type of William Branham, hallelujah. Then you got, hallelujah, the bride, which is a type of us. And then you got Isaac, which is a type of Jesus Christ. But that whole thing, everybody in position, why? Because of God the Father. And you'd be surprised how things are working in your life because God set it up that way. It may have looked like uh, Eliezer just went down there and he said, man, this, this woman that comes, she got to be able to give my camel some water. And not only give one, give all of them some water and give me some water too. You know, the message seemed ridiculous. <laughs> but it was by the fulfillment of that message, hallelujah, it put, hallelujah, what's her name, Rachel? Was it Rachel? Rebecca. Yeah, I knew it was an R. But you think about it. That message, hallelujah, that ridiculous message that came out of Eliezer's heart for confirmation showed her position. <laughs> Whoa, hallelujah. She didn't have to do anything but fulfill the vision of Eliezer and it put her in position to marry Isaac. Hallelujah. And this is what our Eliezer has, oh my, we're going to get to Glory. Oh, my. God is good, ain't he? Listen. This is what the prophet of God said. He says, now, try hard, Christians, to understand that this day the message has been placing the believer in, it has, it has been placing the believer in positionally placed. Hallelujah. 
So what we've been hearing, hallelujah, all these years is God spiritually placing us. It's not just good quotes. It's not just good preachers. But God is lining up right up with his thoughts for our day. He says, if ever, oh, my, now this is the one that catches me. I want you to catch this church, you know, how your pastor just said that prayer and what the Lord did for Brother Ron. That was powerful, wasn't it? And just think about it. If you pray, you play the part of that. Hallelujah. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Listen, he says, if every believer, lift your hand if you're a believer. Praise God. That's everybody. Woo, church participation. Hallelujah. When your pastor look back at this, he's going to say, man, everybody in here is a believer. Listen, he says, if every believer in here was in their place, oh, my, there would not be a feeble person in the building in the next 20 minutes. And we all in place. My problems become your problems. Your problems become my problems. And as we come together, hallelujah, they become God's problems. Hallelujah. And one thing about God, God loves to answer prayer. Hallelujah. And as we come together in place, hallelujah, we get in place. You know, probably God said there will be no feeble person in this building in the next 20 minutes. He said, that's right. If every man could simply find his place, or hers, holy place, in Christ Jesus, what a difference it would make. Whew. Now, I'm going to hear something that's just going to kind of shake your boots a little bit. If I can, let's, 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 let's just keep going. Now, most of the time, we, 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 we rely on our security is, is, is being message believers. I know God said the prophet. You know, and I believe this word. When it comes to your spiritual adoption, it got to be a little bit more than that. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because the thought of God sending a prophet is going to be challenged. The thought of you saying that you're a believer is going to be challenged. Hallelujah. So there has to be something that can keep you in place. Hallelujah. There has to be something that can keep you weighted down. Listen, hallelujah. Now, it says, now the message of Malachi 4 and Revelation 10, 7 is going to do two things. Oh, my. I thought he was going to do a whole bunch of things. No, it's just two things. Two things. He's going to do two things. According to Malachi 4, he will turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. Now, if our Malachi 4 was in position, our hearts should be turned back to what? The Holy Ghost. Amen. Our hearts should be turned back to the faith of the apostolic fathers. Amen. If he was truly a prophet, if he truly had thus said the Lord, our eyes are not focusing on what Jeffersonville is doing. No. Our eyes are not focusing on on all these other things that's going on. No, hallelujah. If he was truly in position, him being in position, hallelujah, points us to what? The turning of the hearts. That's why I don't waste my time fussing with people whether the message is true. I know what God did for me. <laughs> Brother Burnham, he, he missed this. Brother Burnham had a hole in his jacket. I don't care. I don't care. Hold it. Because him 
in position, hallelujah, it turned me to what? Christ. Hallelujah. That's how you know if he was a vindicated prophet because the prophets always turn you to who? Christ. You name me one prophet in the Bible that didn't turn you to God. And I don't say he was a false prophet. Hallelujah. Even Balaam had conversation with God. He kept going back to Balaam and saying, I can only do what God tells me to do. I want that gold, though. <laughs> oh, my. So, church, these are areas of our placing that we shouldn't be questioning anymore. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be questioning. And I know what happens is why we question the message and different things because of the trials of life, the things that we go through, the things that we come up against, and we start to question Hallelujah. The message of the hour. You know, we see this person that went back in the world and they look like they're prospering. That might look right on the outside, but you don't know what they're going through on the inside. You don't know how broken they are. You don't know how messed up their family is. You know how many times God has stopped them from committing suicide. All because they got out of position. Woo! Your position is, is oh my. Your placing is mandatory. Don't just be a churchgoer. Hallelujah. God is not calling us to be churchgoers. He wants to see the manifestation of a son and of a daughter. Hallelujah. That's when you become a true heir to the throne. Oh, my. Where am I? Okay. If Malachi 4... You know, who we call William Branham was a true prophet. One part of his ministry, hallelujah, it should turn our hearts back to the faith of the fathers, hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but I'm a witness. (laughs) Hallelujah. I believe what Peter and Paul believe. I'm taking a step further. I believe what Abraham believed. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go. He says, two, he will reveal the mystery of the seven thunders in Revelations 10, which are the revelations contained in the seven seals. It be the divine revealed mystery, truths, that literally turn the hearts of the children to the Pentecostal fathers. Hallelujah. So what men have tried to do is make the seals and the thunders all mysterious. And the prophet clearly says, hallelujah, when that ministry comes, the turning of the hearts is the revealing of the seals. And the... Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my. Y'all forgive me. I'm not a good teacher. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a radical evangelist. Amen. But church, if you catch it, hallelujah, the prophet in position. You see, what men have tried to do, they tried to make the entities of God something different. When the seals are Christ, the thunders are Christ. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is Christ. All of it is Christ. Oh, my. And he said, when that ministry comes, him in position, it will turn your hearts. Hallelujah. While revealing the seals and thunders at the same time. Oh, my. It's very, very, very. Uncomplicated. <laughs> you say, oh, brother, these guys, they don't know about the horse riders and all that. 
Don't get into all that. He made it very plain. First four, first four horse riders are dealing with the Antichrist. Amen? We're not in there. He's not talking to us. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I praise God for the revealing of that, but I'm not concentrating on that. That's not my position to worry about what the Antichrist is doing. That's not my position. Hallelujah. I wonder how many people are saying Donald Trump's the Antichrist. <laughs> Just had to throw that one out there. Hallelujah. Don't get me wrong, I like the fella. He's hilarious. The funniest president we ever had. I hope he get back in so we can get some new jokes. Hallelujah. Because I'm not affected by whatever he do. Hallelujah. I'm in another kingdom. Hallelujah. And you know, church, you look, hallelujah, the first four deals with the Antichrist. Hallelujah. The, the, the fifth seal deals with the souls on the altar. Amen. Sixth seal deals with the Jews. Now, those first six is not talking about us. Are you riding the horse? No. Are you of those under the altar? No. We receive Christ. Are you the Jews of that nation, hallelujah, that rejected him? No. So where are we if we get in place? If you get in place, you must be that seventh seal. Hallelujah. You must be in that seventh seal, hallelujah. Because the prophet of God said the seventh seal deals with the coming of Christ and his relationship with the bride, which is the opening of the word. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, my. But it all falls in position. And as it falls in position, if you're in position, you'll catch it. Hallelujah. And there, there let, let, let me say this. Hallelujah. Me being an evangelist, I have a way of saying things. Hallelujah. A teacher may say the same thing I'm saying and use different examples, but it's not anything different. Hallelujah. You know, like I heard one brother say, he was talking about the, the, the makeup of Christ. And he was putting one part over here and one part over there. You can't do that with Christ. You can't put a piece of him over here and a piece of him over there. All of it's him. You can't separate the Father, Son, and the Spirit. All of it's him. Hallelujah. You can't separate the death, burial, and resurrection. All of it's him. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we get it. That the ministry of Malachi 4 in position, once he got a position, hallelujah, it's pointed us to something, amen? We've all been placed and pointed to a particular thing. And if he was vindicated, he did his part, amen? Amen, hallelujah. But look, look at this. What happens so many times, don't, don't get nervous, I'm about to close. What happens so many times is we get the Holy Spirit and we think that's it. I got the Holy Ghost, I'm good. Praise God. Ooh, I've been born again. Praise God. And come to church and be dead as a doorknob with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Got the Holy Ghost and ain't benefiting nobody in the church because you still ain't been placed yet. Ooh, ooh, I, I felt that. Brother, Brother Barrett, I turned around, somebody threw a brick at me. Spiritual brick. You can't tell me I got the Holy Ghost. No, I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Ghost. But remember the prophet of God said, the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, 
puts you into service. So for you to be put into service, that means there is a placement. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now I wonder how many of us are seeking God to say, Lord, put me, show me, let me be exactly what you want me to be. Hallelujah. Listen, just so you don't think that these are my thoughts. He says, now, and I'm going to read, this is in the same message, but he said one part afterwards, and he said another part before, so I'm switching it around. <laughs> he says, now, here we are. Now, this is what hurts the Pentecostals a little. They say, I got born again, praise the Lord. Got the Holy Ghost, fine. You're a child. Remember, he said a child is just a servant, hallelujah, until he reaches that adoption. Hallelujah. That child is filled with the Holy Ghost. That child has relationship, but he can't run the kingdom yet. Listen, he says, you're a child of God. That's right. But yet, hallelujah, that ain't what I'm talking about. The prophet of God said, yeah, you got the Holy Ghost. You're a child of God, but that ain't what I'm talking about. Now, that statement right there, should get all of our attention. Because what we do, we, 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 we've heard preachers preaching for years, get the Holy Ghost, get the Holy Ghost. Now that you got it, what are you doing for the kingdom? You get the Holy Ghost, get born again, this and that, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Now that you got it, what are you doing? You just coming to church? That's all you're doing since you got the Holy Ghost? Now, don't get me wrong. I ain't saying you got to make up something. I ain't saying you got to go out here and manufacture some brother. He said, I ain't doing nothing, so I'm going to go down here and cut down trees for the kingdom. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, hallelujah. Remember that man, uh, I can't think of his name, but he had the book, uh, Purpose Driven Life? Hallelujah. When it comes to God, we have to be purpose driven. With the Holy Ghost. Listen, hallelujah. He says, you're a child of God, that's right, but yet, that ain't what I'm talking about. See, you, hallelujah, were predestinated unto adoption. Adoption is, is placing of a son, hallelujah. Now, remember when we started how important placing is. You think about everything in this church, we didn't just come in here and just put it somewhere and throw it up there and walk out of No, it was orchestrated to be put in the right place. Hallelujah. Because if it's put in the right place, it'll operate, hallelujah, the best way it can. Hallelujah. What good would the, would the, would the speakers be, hallelujah, those two big old speakers be in the bathroom? Ain't no good when we're in the sanctuary. They had to be put in the proper place. Now, that doesn't mean they won't work in the bathroom. That just means they're out of place. You see what I'm doing? You ain't going to walk out of here saying, Brother Diggs, say, my Holy Ghost don't mean nothing. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is now that you've been born again and you have been acknowledged as a child, as a son, hallelujah, can you now write the check? Hallelujah. 
Can you now run the kingdom? Oh, my. Listen. He said, now, what is an adoption? Now, let's now get down to know. Hallelujah. Don't know whether I'll be able to get to it. Yeah, let me go and skip through this, whatever he said. He said, your adoption is not your birth. We're born again. The adoption is not your birth. And I believe, hallelujah, and I'm kind of speaking from a personal experience. I don't mean, I haven't been preaching as long as Brother Barry or some other brothers, but I've been preaching a long time. And I thank God for his grace. But you ever feel like you're just in a cycle? I'm speaking from my own experience. Sometimes I feel like I'm just in a cycle. Go here and preach. Go there and preach. Come back home and have a thousand trials. <laughs> Go here and preach. Go there and preach. Come back home and have a thousand mobiles. You know, so I'm asking the question to my own spiritual journey right now. Lord, am I where you want me to be? Am I spiritually, am I, am I spiritually placed? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where you want me to be placed. And I'm not talking about a church. I'm talking about in the kingdom of God. Am I operating according to God's minds and thoughts concerning my life? Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, church, but these past couple years I feel like I've been on a spiritual roller coaster. But now I'm to a place, that's enough. Lord, show me. Show me, God. If I got to sit still, I'll sit still. Hallelujah. If I got to push some stuff away, I'll push some stuff away. But Lord, I need to know if I can sign that check or not. I need to know, Lord, I need to know, hallelujah, if I sit on your throne, if I sit in that seat as a king, you ain't over my shoulder saying, no, son, that ain't what I told you to do. See, real adoption, hallelujah, is what Adam had, hallelujah. God wasn't in Adam's ear and say, okay, name that a lion, name that an elephant, name that. No, he just put it in front of Adam and Adam, boom, eagle, Boom, tiger. Boom, bear. Why? Because he had the mind of God. He was in position as God would be in position. He was an adopted son. That's why when Jesus came on the scene, he made, hallelujah, emphasis of what Adam was. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Listen. If I fair air, now the prophet is going to make this a little bit plain. Now we talk about being heirs. We all believe we're heirs to the throne, right? Heirs to the kingdom of God. There's certain things that come along with that. You know, Brother Barry, I was coming to the road and I was thinking, you know, just think about things you go through. And See, one thing about the enemy, if I can get personal for a second, he knows when it comes to sickness, he can't bother me with that. Because I didn't fought those battles and still fight those battles, but God has given me a quickening revelation when it, in those areas that no matter what you're saying, it ain't going to happen, buddy. Hallelujah. But then there's other areas I need to be adopted in. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm coming out, I get a bill here, a bill there. Oh, Lord, I got to get me two jobs. And God just wants me to trust him just like I trust him for healing. 
But to show I ain't quite there yet, these trials get more and more intense till my faith become perfect. Just as it would in those areas I've been adopted in. Hallelujah. Or those areas that God has given you the revelation of no matter what's going on, I'm going to stand on the word. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? You know, some of us need more patience. Hallelujah. You got a, you got a, you got a, you got a good atmosphere of peace around you, but you might not have enough patience. So what he'll do is he'll upset your peace to give you more patience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Child, come on with straight Fs. What is that? That's a test to your patience and your peace. You're going to bring them flags in my house. All the sacrificing we done done for you, and you sitting in class and ain't doing nothing. You got to be adopted in that area. <laughs> See, one thing about God, he has a sense of humor. How many of us want perfect love? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. He said, Brother D, why, why don't I raise my hand? Because the only way your love is going to get perfect is experience perfect hatred. And that ain't going to come from denomination. That might come from that person you got your arm wrapped around. It might come from that family member that you just adore. But that love got to become perfect because it has to be challenged by something unexpected. Because if you could catch it, you could orchestrate it and everything is not faith in. Hallelujah. But that love has to be challenged into such a place to where it gets. Uh, it's, it's, oh, I, know they, I know they love me. I, know, I just know that God, I know they love me. And then you can walk away. Hallelujah. Without getting into your flesh. So, keep your hands down for now. But we will get there. Hallelujah. Because the Bible already says that we are sons. Hallelujah. We're sons and we're daughters and nobody else can take our place. So God got to bring us to the level of adoption. Because he's not willing to give his throne to somebody else he don't trust. He'd rather give it to a family member. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Listen, I'm going to read this to you. He says, if I fail heir to a house, I sure want to move into it till I got a look at everything over. How many would do that? If you, <laughs> if you got a, a house from a wheel, hallelujah. You ain't just going to just, oh, man, I got the house. You're going to bag up all your stuff the next day and say, we're moving in. No, you're going to check things out. You're going to make sure the living quarters are worthy for you to bring your family there. You're going to make sure everything is good. Hallelujah. Because if you don't check it out, it might be a raccoon sitting there waiting on you. Listen, he said, I want to see what I own. Oh, my. That's a powerful statement. If we are heirs to God's thrones, don't you want to see what you own? 
If we are children of the adoption, don't you want to see what you've been adopted? Don't you want to see what God has put in your hand? Woo! Oh, my. He said, and when I fell heir to the kingdom of God, to the righteousness of Jesus Christ, baptized into the great arcade of God's eternal blessing, I like to walk around and see what's mine. Amen. He said, look on the shelves, see what this is. Here is, here is this. Every promise in the book belongs to every believer. Now, if I can, hallelujah, let me give you an illustration. See this book? Hallelujah. We know that this is a song book. Don't be afraid to say amen. It's a trick question. Song book, right? I got the grasp of every song in my hand right now that's in this book. I can sing whatever I want to sing. Why? Because I got it in my hand. No matter what key it is, no matter how good it sounds, I got the right to sing everything in the songbook because it's in my possession. Amen? It's in my hand. Amen? Let me get every song, hallelujah, I got the right to sing. Amen? Y'all don't know, I'm holding myself from jumping while I got the Bible right here. But what I just said about the songbook is the same thing concerning this Bible. Hallelujah. Every promise, every statement, hallelujah, every blessing, hallelujah, every anointing that comes with this book is now in my possession. Hallelujah, if I could believe it, everything in here is mine. That's what God has restored unto us. The problem is, Brother Barry, too many of us are afraid to believe it. Listen, he said, if anything looks, looks a little high and a blessing that looks like it, why? He said, I'll get a stepladder and move up and look at it. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Hallelujah. He says, hallelujah. I like to look around. Hallelujah. It's all yours and every promise in the Bible is yours. God has given it to us, but you have to enter into that next level of life. In my closing, I want to read this quote to you. And we've all, we've, we've heard this quote over and over and over again. But the question tonight is, how many of us can operate in it? There are things that the prophet did in his ministry. It just puzzled me to this day. I don't understand it, but I believe it. You remember the one about the string on the fan? He said, he said, I can make it move. He moved it that way, moved it that way, stopped it. Moved it, moved it, stopped it. And I was like, now, he was in position to be able to do that. But the point of that is, hallelujah, there are things in our life, hallelujah, that we should be able to move. Without the insistence of anybody else, just because we are sons and daughters. 
Hallelujah. No, we may never move a string on a fan. We may, we may never create squirrels or, or, or speak to a storm, but in your position, you'll be doing exactly what God wants you to do. Hallelujah. Listen, he says, when a Christian gets saved, anybody saved in here? Amen. God gives him a checkbook with the bottom of it with Jesus' name signed in blood. Every redemptive blessing belongs to the believer. Fill it out and send it in to the headquarters. Watch what happens. He's obligated to take care of his word. Now, I wonder how many of us believe that statement. That he's already given us the checkbook of adoption. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's already given us the checkbook, but we don't fill it out because there's still fear in our lives. That's why he say, we don't receive bondage unto fear, but adoption. Because bondage brings fear. Hallelujah. And adoption set us free. Hallelujah. He says, challenge any sick person and sinner tonight to sign your name. Hallelujah. Or your wants above the check in Jesus' name and send it in to heaven once. Don't doubt. He said the cashier is right there because the deposit was put there at Calvary through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, what we're speaking about tonight has already been put in process. But we all may not come there at the same time, but your, your, your identity is to come there. Hallelujah. See, every, every child that's born on this day will not walk the same time. Some will walk a little bit faster. Some will walk a little bit later. But the thing is, they have the ability in them to walk when that time comes. Hallelujah. And church, don't measure yourself by Brother Diggs or, or, or Brother Barry or any other person. Measure yourself, hallelujah, by what God says you are. Amen. And as long as you stick with that, hallelujah, everybody else will be all right. Come, musicians, come. In my heart, that's what me and God is. I don't doubt whether I got the Holy Ghost. I don't doubt whether there's a true calling. What I'm wrestling with right now is, Lord, I want to be in that place. That place that only you could put me. Hallelujah. No, you know, you know what they do in the denomination. They say, well, uh, the bishop, you say, when I take over, when I, when I sit down, my son going to take over. Some may not have no kind of gift. <laughs> no kind of gift, no kind of calling, but he's passing it down because of love. He's not qualified, but he's passing it down because of love. God don't operate in his kingdom like that. Hallelujah. He puts you in position because what you have is a benefit for the people. Hallelujah. If you sing your worshiper and your anointing, it's because it's there because of the benefit of the people. Remember, like I said, Sister Judy, hallelujah. She didn't sing. She didn't dance in church, none of that. All she did was came in and smile. And it blessed the whole church. Whew. Oh, my. Let's sing a song.
You know I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Need you, Lord. We need you, Lord, right now. I lift my hands, bow my knees, and worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Everybody say with me. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. Lift my hands, bow my knees. I lift my hands. Bow my knees and worship at your throne. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right
let's pray. Lord Jesus, Father, we love you tonight and we thank you for all things, Lord. Lord, and just to know your mind, Lord. To know what you have for us means the world, Lord. Lord, and we, we don't want to just be going to and fro, Lord. But Lord, we want to know your mind. We want to know your thoughts concerning us, Lord. Lord, we want to be placed right in the position that you have for us before the foundation of the world, Lord. And Lord, no matter what it takes, Lord, you've already made us fit for it. And Lord, just give us the confidence to yield and step into it, Lord. Lord, whether it be like Sister Judy, just to come to church and give everybody a smile. An assurance of a smile to let us know that God is in control. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done thus far, Lord. Lord, if you don't do anything else, you've already done enough, Lord. Lord, and just to know you, Lord, in the power of the resurrection, Lord, and even be able to enter into your suffering, Lord, to know that that suffering is taking us into a level of perfection, Lord. Lord, help our attitudes to be right, Lord, concerning these things. Lord, we pray you continue to bless this church. Lord God, and just let the word that went forth, Lord God, multiply and turn into whatever you want it to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. The church say amen. God bless you, church. with us in unusual ways and uh, just listening to Brother Diggs speaking tonight and not necessarily what he was saying but what he wasn't saying or what he was saying between the lines it was interesting and I, I just say this to Brother Diggs tonight that we I, I just came back from a minister's fellowship when we were a group of us ministers and we were talking about things and um, <clears throat> it's really interesting how when you look at the end of Paul's life and uh, he's, he's in Rome, he's chained to a guard, and he's really got nothing. I mean, after all the great ministry that he has and the signs and the wonders and everything else, and he doesn't really have anything. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, and even Demas has forsaken me. The people who, who stood with him, you know, it's kind of like everything that he has has fallen apart. And there's not, not hardly any supernatural events that are taking place. And Brother Branham comes along and he says, we might look at that one way and see like, it's just, his, his whole life just kind of um, faded out. 
faded out into nothing. But you know what Brother Branham said about the end of Paul's life? He said that's when God was getting ready to crown him right there. He said that's when God was getting ready to crown, crown him right then. Now the world, the world would look at it one way and, and people around Paul would look at it a, a, you know, a certain way and think, wow, wow, not much is happening. That's not the way God saw it. The way God saw it is that there's my faithful servant. Now he's coming right down to the end, right down to the end. And Paul says, henceforth laid up for me a crown. And Brother Ram said, God's getting ready to crown him right there. Now, you know, you look at the bride, you know, and, and we look at ourselves sometimes. And like Brother Dick says, sometimes you look, you look in the mirror and you wonder and you say, Lord, is this where you want me to be? And is this what you want me to do? And it almost seems like... You know, we're, we're, we're the same as Brother Brandon, laying in the bed with his hands behind his head and saying, if I'm ever going to get to do anything for the kingdom, he said, I better get to do it. He said, because my time's running out. In other words, it's almost like you feel like you're, you're not, not in the right place, not, not doing the right thing. But you got to remember, God's looking at this a little differently than what you are. And it's a really, really wonderful thing to have the consolation that you're standing in the place that God wants you to be. doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter what everybody else is saying. Like he said, you just want to have the mind of Christ and you want to be following exactly what God wants you to do. And boy, that, you know what that is? That's a spiritual person that can look at that and say, I don't need to run after this. and I don't need to try to produce that. I don't need to try to be a big somebody. I just need to follow the Holy Spirit and believe that the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And Lord, if I'm not in the right place, move me. Until then, I'm just going to labor for the kingdom as best I know how. And God was getting ready to crown Paul. And everybody's forsaken him. And, he's, you know, he's, and, and he says, and bring my cloak also. He doesn't have anything left. He doesn't have anything in his life left. It's amazing. Amazing, really. Because how men would look at it is entirely different than how God would look at it. In my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified in my life, in my life, Lord, be glorified.
Lord Jesus, we bow our heads tonight at the end of this little gathering, Lord, and we sense your presence among us in a very real way. And every one of us, Lord, I know, every one of us would want to accept the challenge that Brother Diggs laid out before us tonight, that we need to all know the mind of Christ and just exactly what you would have us to do. We all want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Lord, we want to take the gifts and talents and the energies and the money and the, and the, and the things you've laid in our hands, Lord. We want to use them for your glory. We want to use them, Lord, for the kingdom. Our world is falling apart. We see a hopelessness, Lord, that embraces the people, covers the people, Lord, really to have nowhere else to turn. But you've made a sure place for your people. And Lord Jesus, we want to just be mindful of your Holy Spirit and how you lead, how you deal with us as individuals and not be too worried about how the world sees us. But Lord, have your way, we pray. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our minds. And give us the peace that passes understanding. And help us, Lord, to always believe that you're in control. And like your prophet said, you never lose control. Heal those folks that are sick tonight need your touch. We have several folks that are recovering. Lord, I pray you would extend your mercies to them. We think also, Lord, of Sister Sherry Holly, and Father, I pray that you would just hold her in your hand tonight and speak to her heart. Give her, Lord, that healing touch that she needs. Lord Jesus, we'll give you honor and glory and praise in your wonderful name and for your glory. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Jesus. In my heart, Lord, be glorified. Sing it as you go tonight. May God bless you, and we'll see you on the weekend. Thank you, Brother Diggs. In Bye.